Good evening. You guys, my microphone is on, right? I think it is, but my voice is usually so loud anyway. <laughs> I get echoes everywhere I go. It's a joy, as I said earlier, uh, if you guys were here for the, the potluck and presentation earlier, but it's a joy to be once again in Abilene, to get to be here at Oldham Lane. It really is a wonderful, special time to be here with you guys, uh, to enjoy your presence once again, to see your wonderful, shiny faces, and to remember the names that go with a few of those faces. <laughs> uh, uh, it's kind of interesting, you know, I'm, I'm glad for the culture I'm in, I get a little more nervous in Ecuador for getting names because there's a saying in Latin America, in Spanish in general, that if you got my name, it's because I'm stingy. Or, <laughs> so, you know, stingy, selfish, somewhere in there. But basically, it's because you've done nothing for me, <laughs> right? So I forgot your name. And so uh, they take more offense there. If you do forget their name, they go, oh, so that's what you think of me. And I was like, no, 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 no. Just sometimes I have a hard time. <laughs> I can remember the face. Sometimes hard putting the names together. But I was very proud of myself remembering many of your names this morning and, uh, and glad that you, many of you were reminding me frequently. So it has been two years. <laughs> uh, and so, but it, it is a joy to be amongst you. It's a joy to, to share with you guys uh, this morning. And I, I'm going to continue speaking about names, but I do want to ask the Lord's blessing and prayer real quick before we get started. If you guys will join me. Father God, we thank you so much once again for this day you've blessed us with, this evening to be together. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity we have to be here, um, Lord, united in your name, Father, gathered here uh, to worship you, to acknowledge you. Father, to learn from you, to be guided by you. I thank you, Father, for those who can be here personally. I thank you, Lord, for, those, uh, for the means we have for, for connecting otherwise, Father, as, as has so often been, been the needed case this year. And I just pray, Lord, that you'll bless me at this time, sharing the word properly, but bless us all, Lord, allowing your, your words, Father, to sink into our hearts and minds and be put into practice in our lives. We thank you once again for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Well, I hope, I don't know if you guys brought Bibles. I hope so, right? <laughs> I won't make you hold them up. I won't make you prove it, but uh, <laughs> hopefully you do. And I don't mind, if I see you using the digital one, I'm fine with it. I'm not going to call you out. So be, be brave, pull it out. But I'll, I'll have some scriptures going along. I might have to be a little quick today, but uh, hopefully you can follow along. But as I was saying, names can mean something, right? In Ecuador, it's different than here. They can be a little more offensive. And definitely, I feel watching old movies or, or reading old books, there's a little more implied in previous generations about the effects of a name on a person, right? Whereas today, it seems we might treat names more flippantly, right? Um, but names have always meant something significant, and I think it's important to reflect a little bit tonight on the meaning of a name and, and what your name means. And as we just prayed in Jesus' name, what that means. And so and, and first thing I think about when I think biblically of names, you know, we have the, the, the cultural differences, but even thinking of Abraham early on in the Bible, when God asks him to go down into Egypt, the first thing he, he, he has to say, well, who do I say sent me? You know, it, you know I, I joked about not remembering people's names here, but, uh, you know, those who didn't remind me, it's, it's easy enough just to say, brother, buddy, <laughs> right? Something like that. 
And there's all kinds of ways to, to avoid it. But what do you do when God asks you to go and you're like, and your name is, who should I say sent me? Uh, the I, okay, all right. We'll go with that. <laughs> the I am who I am. And that would grow in meaning as, it grew, as they grew in understanding, if that makes sense. Because a name itself is simply something we say. It can initially mean nothing, but it, it grows to mean so much more as things happen. So God later says, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What does that say about him? I'm the one who led the faithful. I'm the one who guided them. I'm the one who fulfilled promises, even when they weren't so faithful. <laughs> I stuck with them. It says so much about God, who he is. He was furious when they, he frees them from Egypt. And what do they do? They go and make a golden and say, this is the God that brought us out. No. Why? Because I, later on, he would say, I am the God that brought you up out of Egypt. So when you say my name, that's what it means. It's an identifier. We, we later in the New Testament, Jesus gets referred to as the Logos. What's the Logos? It's a word. How serious are words to you? How flippantly have we used certain words? But that word became flesh. There was meaning to what was spoken. And it was important to acknowledge what's behind the word, what that word really, truly means. In the New Testament, not only do we see Jesus referred to as Logos, but then also we get our greatest evangelist went by the name Oh, you guys forgot. I like answers. I don't move forward without an answer. I got to make sure you're awake, right? I'm, I'm very relational. Preaching's not so natural to me. I like to know that you're paying attention. <laughs> so who would you say was the greatest evangelist? In the news? Oh, there we go. Paul. Was he always going by the name Paul? He went by Saul. Why the change? Was there an implication in that name? Yeah. <laughs> he went being the greatest persecutor of the gospel to the greatest preacher of the gospel, and while he could have kept the same name, it, just as, as, uh, as Timothy would later find out some things you got to lose for the gospel, right? Get an obstacle out of the way and just keep preaching. Don't get hung up on it, right? And so he goes forward, he changes his name just so that it's not an obstacle, on a new name for Christ, a new name for the purpose of the gospel. You can call me Paul because that Saul guy kind of got his name really got run into the dirt because of who I used to be. I used to be proud of that, and now it's my shame. Interesting effects the name can have. Ecclesiastes 7, 1, I'm sure you've read it times. I'm simply referring to it briefly, but you can write it down if you're taking notes. But it says that a good name is better than a fine perfume. A wonderful sermon I, I'd heard that someone gave it at uh, Polishing the Pulpit a few years ago. It was talking about, well, didn't, didn't, she have, didn't Mary have a cheaper perfume? Because <laughs> he, he evaluated just how costly that perfume was. It was in, I, I can't remember the price he gave, but it was a lot more than I thought of what she poured out all over Jesus. 
But, you know, his point being, don't hold back the good things for Christ, right? Give it all. Look it up sometimes. It's great. Anyway, but speaking of that fine perfume, we don't necessarily always invest in expensive perfumes. But a fine perfume not only has a value in and of itself, but if you've ever been stinking up when you didn't expect to, <laughs> you come to realize, oh, I could really use a decent deodorant perfume right now. I do not want to be remembered by this scent. I want to be remembered as something pleasant. I would like the memory of me to be desirable. And for God, that's his name. I'd argue for all of us. That's our name. There's something in a name. My grandmother, my father's mother, she's the one who really repeated this a lot. I heard this a lot growing up, <laughs> right? But guard your name. And for her, it was a big deal because she had sold insurance in Mississippi, right? She was representative for you know, Mutual of Omaha, right? And she did a good job. She wasn't rolling in dough or anything, but she, she had plenty of clients. She did a good job. They trusted her. All was going well. And then three of her clients came down with cancer with situations that, according to Mutual of Omaha, technically they didn't need to cover. That really shook her to the core. Because she was going out every day talking about the blessing and the benefit this will be to you. And she felt the rug was just pulled out from under her. While they were acting, in her opinion, shamefully, the shame was hers. So what did she do? She quit. She said, I can't, I can't continue like this. And then the money, the little bit she managed to save up, in her mind, that was not really hers. That being, she, she'd earned that from the trust she got from others. She took it, took out an ad in the newspaper, told her story. She did not want her name to go down soiled. Well, as you might assume, Mutual of Omaha kind of took a hit. <laughs> there were a lot of people wanting to change policies and, and, and it was looking bad. And so she gets a call. They begged her to come back. They covered her three people. And you know what? That got known in the area. And her business got a whole lot better based on a name. The name Blanche Brown got known for quite a while in that little area and come to her for insurance because they knew it meant something to have her sign you up. She's going to watch out for you. She's got your back. Many would exchange in this world a good name for money, for power, for fame. And the only thing I can say is it's so short-sighted and undoubtedly you will be shortchanged. Because as Paul found out, it's not easy to get back. He suffered much. For the sake of Christ, at the same time, only Christ could give him that new name. When the apostles asked Jesus to teach him how to pray, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, he starts out saying, I'll let, I'll let the church say it. These, this is one of those easy ones I'll give you to make sure you're still awake. How did the Lord's Prayer start? Following, hallowed be thy name. I'm so glad that the word hallowed is so commonly used today. Oh, I must be in the wrong state. Oh, no. <laughs> we don't use the word hallowed. 
What does it mean? That I, I, would, I would argue to say most people would think of hallowed ground first, and that would be the closest they could possibly tie. And if we consider it, okay, well, what is it? There's, someone's loved one is under your feet, and you might ought to consider that if you're in a cemetery. Or if you're in a church, there are people who've come here with a holy purpose. Let's not make jokes about <laughs> the being here. Or as Jesus ran people out of the temple who were taking a place of prayer and making it a den of thieves, he said, this place ought to be hallowed. It ought to be respected. There ought to be something implied here that stops you and makes you consider why you're here, an honor and a respect to go with it. But too often I feel, to be too punny here, I don't know, but too often I feel instead of hallowed, we just go with hollowed. And hollowed out is the name. Because how often, especially in our society, I'm not saying within the church, because from my experience, uh, <laughs> we've been pretty, but so often in our society, and we could easily fall into it, that the, the name of the Lord is simply used in replacement for um, uh, or just an exclamation point. Is that all it is to them? Are we comfortable with that being all they understand it to be? That hallowed is his name as opposed to hallowed. We should set the standard. We should set the expectation that at the name of God, his deeds, his person, be remembered in that name and make the efforts for it. We show a great deal of respect for so many other things in life, whether you think of it as respect or not, we do show respect. So you've hollowed or emptied out things, I'm probably in the wrong state for anyone to relate, but you ever held a gun before? Anyone, anyone here have a CCL? <laughs> I'm, I just saw Anyway, how important is it to know how many rounds are in a gun? How important is it to know if there's a round that's chambered? How important is it, even when you know there's no round in the chamber, to treat it as though it were. We actually have a great respect. If you're taught properly, there's a great respect that comes with a simple firearm. How many times have we understood that same respect or held the same importance with whether or not the name of the Lord is full of meaning or of it. Uh, uh, something that, well, a few, a few things that kind of led me down the path of getting, getting, getting ready these things to share. One thing is I was shared a video not too long ago of, of a guy on YouTube, and he had like 34 million views, I think, but where he said basically that he loves Jesus, but he hates religion, right? And yeah, I mean... If you listen, if you have patience with him, <laughs> he makes a point to an extent, but not understanding what religion means. 
Because in the end, what's he doing when he says, I love Jesus, but not religion, or at least looking at the comments, how people took it. They're saying, yeah, that's right. I'm with him. I got lots of Jesus, and he's right here on my couch. I got lots of Jesus in my heart, regardless of what's on the outside. He makes the opposite point, that it not, we ought not to vainly follow in steps with no purpose in the inside. The problem is, if we look at what the Bible describes as religion, it's simply belief put into practice. It's my conviction moving me. It's my faith working. There's nothing wrong with that. But same phrase is common in Ecuador. I don't want, I'm not interested in religion. My, I simply say, I'm not here to give you any. I teach faith. And if I do it properly, you'll have true religion. It'll just, it'll move you. God will move you. Let's work towards that. Will you open the Bible with me? All right, sounds good. There's so many criticisms that come out. In the end, the whole dilemma comes back to the church itself. It's people who had a bad experience, and they want to blame the church. And can't hardly blame them, because for a long time, been just it, we, I've seen it among some brothers, but I've seen it just all over. Uh, just this general, general desire to be critical of everything, just for the sake of being critical. And, and a lot of criticisms coming from the church. Something, uh, I was having a conversation recently with someone else. But, uh, when I started preaching, something that impacted me a lot was that as I went through, I, I'm looking for illustrations on sermons. There were a lot of illustrations I was given in the context of it being in our church. And I come to realize it was actually all over from all kinds of different denominations and all kinds of different uh, religious groups from all over the world that these negative critical examples were coming from. But the assumption was it was ours only. And sadly, I've got a ton of friends that will speak the name of the church with indignation and refused to come. Convinced that every one of the stories was right here. And I'm so sad to realize they were fed a lie. Not a lie that we're perfect. We're not. Impossibly. <laughs> we're so impossibly far from being perfect, right? But do we have something precious here in the church? Are we precious? What's the name we are given in Scripture? Our Savior himself calls us his bride. I spoke of the respect we have for firearms, the respect we have for other things. Quick question. How much respect do you have for your friend's wife? Would you ever speak someone else's wife the way some people will speak of the Lord's church? Do you stop and consider 
the respect I should have for the bride of Christ before uttering a criticism. I'm not saying we shouldn't be critical, right? We need positive, constructive criticism. We need to do better because the Lord deserves it and the rest of the sermon gets there. Uh, but it ought to be done in the same manner in which you would take care as possibly speaking any kind of criticism against your best friend's wife or something. Because it's Jesus' wife. Will we, are you, you know, going to be in the manner in which we speak about her? Extended myself a little bit on that one off the scale of points. <laughs> anyway, uh, but that one it hits me close. For, for personal reasons, and forgive me if I, if I went long on it. Um, but coming back to this point, so the Lord's name is supremely important, not only because we need to understand who he is and what he's done, but if you'll follow with me, Daniel 9, 19 says, O Lord, Hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, pay attention and act. Delay not for your own sake. Oh my God. And he doesn't say it flippantly. He says it with full understanding and appreciation of who he's talking to. Oh my God. Because your city and your people are called by your name. Because we're called by your name, protect us. Don't let your name be forgotten. Why is it so important to protect that name? Is it simply just as an appreciation for God? In Ezekiel 36, 21 and 22, he says, but I had concern for my, my holy name, which the house, oh, yeah. <laughs> Same, a little bit. Uh, but I had concern holy name, which the house of Israel had profaned among the nations to which they came. Therefore, say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, it is not, your, it is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I'm about to act, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations to which you came. I gotta stay here. <laughs> Anyone else find that a little odd that he says, it's not for you that I did this? That doesn't sound like the God I'm often painted a picture of. Now, it's not to say he didn't love them. He obviously did. He obviously cared for them. But he's saying this was not done because you deserved it. It's not done because you're good. It's done for my name's sake, which would sound to many like a vanity on behalf of God. I'm not suggesting that's what it is, be very clear. But why is it so important for God to protect his name? Acts chapter 4, verse 12 will tell us. 
for there's no other name under heaven by which man can be saved. If I don't know God, if I don't know what it means to say God, if I don't understand what Jesus means, if it's forgotten in my world, if it's underappreciated, how will anyone be saved? Where do we turn to if not to the one whose name means salvation, whose name means redemption and love? Utterly important to protect that name. Paul gave his life for it. Jesus, obviously, earned it with his life. Will I allow it to be forgotten? Will I allow it to be underappreciated? Or will I defend the name of my Lord? Because it's on him that I have, it's in him and through him that I have any power and hope in my life. There's so much in a name. Throughout the New Testament, it's reminded us of the name we have, who we are. And I just want to have a few of these to just wrap our minds around it a bit as we conclude. In 2 Corinthians 3.2, there's an interesting thing that Paul says. He says, I didn't come with a letter of recommendation to you. And he, he basically is implying, I have no need to come to you with a letter of recommendation. Because you are my letter of recommendation. What's the faith that's in your hearts, the lives that you have, are my letter of recommendation. They are the word that justifies my work and my being. There's so much more to a word than simply speaking it. There's so much that comes along with a life that's lived according to the Lord. I'm not going to be judged by the letter, he says. I'll be judged by your life. I became a father to you in the faith. It's a beautiful thing. Are we willing to own it? Will I be challenged by it to move, to grow others up as well? 1 Peter 2.9 says that reminds us that we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. With what purpose? That we might declare his praises. 1 Samuel 12.22, he said, For the Lord will not forsake his people. For his great name's sake, because it has pleased the Lord to make you a people for himself. Other translations to say to make you his own. It was pleasing to the Lord to make you his own. And for his name's sake, he will not forsake you. So that the world will not forget how good he is. He will care for you. Because he loves you. He wants your salvation. And the testimony of your life can lead so many more to benefit from that which Christ did. Ephesians 1.12 says, So that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to praise, to the praise of his glory. And lastly, a reminder for us. 
if we're thinking of his name, if we're thinking of not speaking it in vain, it's not simply the words we have, but the life we live. It's not simply doing it myself and caring less about those for whom Christ died. It's honoring him with my life. It's proclaiming him to those who need to know him. Allowing him to be glorified in his church. And so in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, so many times people jump to 25. 24 is beautiful. We're told, and I love the various translations, it says to stir up, to stimulate, to encourage, to provoke, to motivate one another. All these words in various translations to try and capture that one Greek word. Stir up, stimulate, encourage, provoke, motivate, in some way, get people moving to love and good deeds. And we take advantage, as verse 25 says, of every opportunity to be with the body, to encourage the body, to strengthen the body. Why? For his name's sake. That it will never be forgotten what is implied and what is meant in the name of the Lord. That's our purpose here, and I'm not saying it because it's lacked. <laughs> I feel it here. I would be very surprised if it was lacking here. But no doubt there are individuals that need that encouragement. No doubt there are some among us that could use prayer, a listening ear, further guidance. If you haven't taken on the Lord, if you haven't received his salvation, don't delay. That's part of the beauty of his name. If you've not been living up to it, if the testimony of your life in one way or another has possibly hollowed out that name, help, but let us help you renew that commitment to Christ so that together we can strengthen, together we can give the Lord what he deserves among us. God bless you.